You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2021 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Our great God, our dear loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise and we thank you for, for your faithfulness, for your goodness that have gotten us through each and every day, each and every joyful day, dear Lord. And even though today is quite challenging, we are quite wet and our voice are fading away, but Lord, our desire to be in your presence never fades. Lord, we praise and we thank you that it is you who gave us that desire. But Lord, we desire for more. We desire for more of your spirit. So, Lord, please fill us. And as Pastor Stewart said a while ago, that, that the rain that we're receiving right now is just a preview of what you're about to do to your church. So, dear God, we ask that you please prepare our hearts for that great outpouring of your Spirit. But today, dear Lord, we pray, please baptize us with your Spirit. Fill us, Lord. Fill us to overflowing that we may be able to hear your words and receive them. Hide me behind the shadow of your cross, O Lord, that I may not be seen nor be heard, but Jesus and Jesus alone be seen, be heard, be lifted up and exalted. We ask all this in the loving and precious name of your Son, Jesus, all your children say, Amen. Friends, I want to go back again to that first quote that I read yesterday. It says, It would be well for us to spend a thoughtful hour each day in contemplation of the, of the life of Christ. We should take it point by point and let the imagination grasp each scene, especially the closing ones. I'd like to dwell on this, on this thought right now. Imagination. Let the imagination, what? Grasp each scene. I remember Pastor Dwight Nelson, when he, when he was preaching one time, he was talking about journaling. He said, read and reread the story of Jesus, just one story per day. And he said, do not stop reading until everything becomes real. Until you could smell the fish when you walk through Galilee. Until you feel the water as you walk through the, through the shores of Galilee and Brother Eugene Pruitt, in his, one of his talks that talked about imagination, he said there, and it's found in, in the spirit of prophecy, he said that imagination was given by God to every human being so that we will imagine the reality of the gospel. Isn't this beautiful? So friends, if we are not using the imagination in this way of imagining the reality of the word, of the promise, my dear friends, we are not maximizing it. And have you noticed the enemy is trying his best to destroy the imagination, that we will use it in the other, any other form. So this morning, I would like to invite you, let us ask that the Holy Spirit will give us this reality of the things that we are studying this morning, that we will join in with the disciples as they follow Jesus in the last, in the last few minutes that Jesus was staying with them. Remember, what was Jesus' final message to them? One of the final messages, let not your heart be troubled, because he knew that they will be in trouble. So friends, let me go on. You have heard the, the beautiful promises that accompanies the reception of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the presence of the Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus in our hearts. And 
And by welcoming the Holy Spirit in our lives, we are nearer to Jesus than he was when he was with his disciples. Friends, but all of these things, the disciples failed to grasp. The disciples failed to understand. And listen to this. The disciples still failed to understand Christ's words in their spiritual sense. And again, he explained his meaning. By the Spirit, he said, he would manifest himself to them. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. The Holy Spirit will what? Teach you all things. Can you say amen to that, friends? There is a lot of things that we do not comprehend what right now, that we do not even grasp. Even the imagination could not imagine the way it's supposed to imagine. Why? Because the Holy Spirit needs to do that in us. And this is such a hopeful thing for me. Because I know I have to learn a lot of things. A lot of things needs to be, to be made plain in my sight. But the promise that the Holy Spirit will teach us into all truth, friends, this is just a beautiful promise for us, especially in the days that we're living in right now. It says here, the disciples, friends, remember, they did not comprehend all those things. It just gives me as well the hope just remember, the disciples were walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus, eating with Jesus, and sometimes sleeping in the same house or the same room with Jesus. And yet they missed out on a lot of things that Jesus said. I'm thinking, wow, it took them three years and a half and more to fully grasp it. And I said to myself, I have hope. <laughs> we have hope, don't we? Because of the Holy Spirit's ministry, we have hope. Can you say Amen. Because of the Holy Spirit's ministry, my dear friends, everything will be made clear soon, sooner than we could ever think or imagine. It says here, one of the reasons as well, one of the reasons that they did not comprehend what Jesus was trying to tell them is this. Because of their selfishness and earthliness, even the disciples of Jesus could not comprehend the spiritual glory which he sought to reveal unto them. Because of the selfishness, of the earthliness. Can anyone relate to this? Friends, I believe all of us, especially me. And I remember before, my prayers were all just about me. They were all just about me. Lord, please give me this. Please grant me this. Please allow me to do this. And one time I was praying, Lord, please bless this message that I'm, I'm preparing. And a still small voice in my heart asked, why? And I'm thinking, why? Why do you ask why? Of course, so that your people will be blessed. And then the next question was, why? So that they will receive the message. Why? And it went deeper and deeper until it exposed what's really in my heart. And what was in my heart was, so that they will appreciate me. Friends, have we noticed that most of our prayers is about us? It's not about Him. We want to look good in front of people, but the most important thing is, is not us. He should look good. Amen? That God will look good. The moment, friends, I realized that, it brought me to my knees. And I was, I was convicted. I'm saying, oh, Lord, please forgive this wicked heart. 
And then I said, Lord, do whatever you will. Do whatever you desire. Even if this is the last time I'll speak in front of your people. Even if I look crazy. If I, even if I look stupid. If, even if I sound stupid. As long as your name be glorified. Even if I lose whatever dignity that I have. As long as your name be glorified. My dear friends, that should be our prayer. Can you say amen to that? That is the prayer of Moses, friends. And it says here, It was not until after Christ's ascension to his Father and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the disciples that the disciples fully appreciated the Savior's character and mission. Did you hear this? Not until Christ was ascended. Remember when Christ was, was resurrected? He stayed 40 more days to his, with his disciples. And yet, during those 40 days, the disciples were still asking, so, when will you establish your kingdom? Still the selfish plans in their hearts. Even Jesus showed them that this is not the planet I have. But friends, this is one thing that I realize. When our selfish earthly plans are not set aside, are not surrendered, we will not be able to comprehend God's mission for us and for His church. And listen, friends, this is, this is a very hopeful thought here. But after they had received the baptism of the Spirit, they began to realize that they have been in the very presence of the Lord of glory. Can you imagine yourself? With the disciples, when the, when the Holy Spirit came down upon them, they realized, wait, 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 wait. The one that was walking with us, he was the Lord of glory. The one that was seating with us, the one that was sailing with us on the boat, he was the Lord of glory. Friends, can you imagine if you are one of those disciples, how your heart would have just like, ugh. It's him. As the sayings of Christ were brought to their remembrance, their minds were open to, the, to comprehend the prophecies and to understand the miracles which he had wrought. The wonders of his life passed before them, and they were as men awakened from a dream. They realized that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's from John 1 verse 14. And when the Holy Spirit came down upon them, this is their condition, friends, listen. They never wearied of rehearsing his words and works. All those things came back to their minds. All they could think about was all those things that Jesus has done for them and with them. His lessons, which they but dimly understood, now came to them as a fresh revelation. The scriptures became to them a new book. Wow. The scriptures became to them a new book. Friends, this is what the Holy Spirit will do through each and every one of us. How dimly they had comprehended the prophetic scriptures, but after they were illuminated by the Holy Spirit, how they longed to see Him again and place themselves at His feet. Wow, friends, this regrets that they're feeling. How we long to see Jesus again. But you know what the good news is? Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, Jesus would be nearer to them than when He was on this earth. And the great news is, Jesus 
could be nearer to you and to me as when he was with his disciples. And it says here, how they wish that they might come to him and have him explain the scriptures which they could not comprehend. How attentively would they listen to his words? Wow. How attentively they would listen to his words. Friends, did you have any regrets in life? Huh? All of us have. Like thinking, if I have only done this, if I could only give in this, if I would have let go of that, if I would have chosen this road rather than this road, those are the regrets. And have you had any regret or, or anything in your life as well that any decision that you're about to make or, or in the past that you're thinking, if I would have done that, I would have regretted it? Huh? And one thing for me as well, friends, while, while the Lord has, uh, has been prompting my heart to give all to Him, to be a missionary, I feared. I feared that I might regret it. I might lose out on life. When I give all, what's left for me? Huh? Those are our fears. If you give all, then what's left for me? And sometimes we're thinking, this, this is the only thing that I have. What if I'll give all? We're missing out on, on life. That's, that's what I thought. But I realized, friends, that God is saving me from a lot of things that could have crushed me. God was saving me from a lot of things that could have crushed me. And, and I did not realize that God was training me for something that would be very beneficial. A life that absolutely lived for Him. A life of absolute reliance. This is the life that God desires for His people, friends. This is the life that God desires for you and for me. And I believe, I believe without a shadow of a doubt, if we live our lives fully for Him, there would be no regrets. There'd be no regrets. Listen to the disciples' experience. Remorse took hold of the disciples because they allowed prevailing unbelief to becloud their understanding. Wow. Remorse took hold. Why? They listen to anything else. They listen to their hearts, but not listen to the word of Jesus. Remember, friends, Jesus told them three times that he will die. No one believed him except whom? There's one person, Mary. Mary, let's go to Mary later on. It says here, they often repeated his conversations and said, why did we allow earthly considerations? Ooh. Why did we allow earthly considerations in the opposition of priests and rabbis to confuse our senses? I'd like to focus on earthly considerations. Friends, how many times did we allow earthly considerations in stopping us from following Him fully? How many times did earthly considerations somehow shake or shaken our confidence in what Christ has said. Listen, friends, how did we, why did we allow all this so that we did not comprehend that a greater than Moses was among us and wiser, one wiser than Solomon was instructing us? Wow, friends. And he's the one who's wiser than Solomon, that greater than Moses. He's the one who has called you and me. He's the one who's called you and me to work with him in this mission that he has given us. We also don't realize who has been desiring to walk and talk with you. We don't realize that this same person 
is wanting to fight your battles. And most especially, this same Jesus is wanting to live in you. Can we say amen to that, friends? Oh, we didn't realize that, that He could more than satisfy our deepest longings. Friends, talking about Mary, remember when Mary, when Mary brought her offering to Jesus, she was not praised. She was not praised. She was actually ridiculed. The words spoken in, indig in indignation. To what purpose is this waste? Wow. Friends, when we give our all to Jesus, there'd be criticisms. There'd be criticisms. And guess, who is the one who criticized Mary? Judas. Friends, don't worry when you're criticized. Don't worry. Jesus fought for Mary, didn't he? And, and friends, don't be a Judas. When you see people give their all to the, to the Lord, instead of stopping them, pray for them. Amen? And, and this is one thing that I, that I see in other religions, especially when the brothers from, you know who they are, uh, the Mormons' brothers. I don't know if you have seen the videos. The moment they receive their mission assignment, they hold it like a precious, precious opportunity and privilege. They cry. And there is the whole family waiting. You will go to Peru and the whole family will rejoice. And they will save up their whole life savings to pay for this mission. And the sad thing is, in our church, there's no celebration like that. There's even a discouragement. Like, why are you doing that? You should finish your, your school first. Don't be foolish. Have something. Have a backup, backup plan. Friends, the biggest backup, backup plan is heaven. Amen? There's nothing could be more than that. And this one thing that I regret, my dear friends, is I did not give my heart to the Lord as early as I should have. I'm a late bloomer. But you know what the most amazing thing is? God is not respecter of age. Every day, as long as we have breath, this is the time to give our all. Can you say Amen. Listen, friends, the work of Mary was just the lesson to the disciples. Remember, the words are spoken. To what purpose is this waste? They did not realize that soon they would be deprived of his presence, that soon they could offer him no token of their gratitude for his great love. The loneliness of Christ separated from the heavenly courts, leaving, living the life of humanity was never understood or appreciated by the disciples as it should have been. Well, friends, can you see Christ's sacrifice for us? And listen to this. He was often grieved because his disciples did not give him that which should have, he, they should, he should have received from them. It often grieved Jesus that his disciples did not give him what they should have given him. He knew that they were under the influence 
He knew that if they were under the influence of the heavenly angels that accompanied him, they would think no offering of sufficient value to declare the heart's spiritual affection. And I like this next, lo- this next thought. The after-knowledge gave them a true sense of the many things that they might have done for Jesus expressive of the love and gratitude of their hearts while they were near him, when Jesus was no longer with them. They began to see how they might have shown him attentions that would have brought gladness to his heart. Wow. Did you see this regret, my dear friends? When Jesus was taken away from them, all they could think about, I could have done this. I should have done this for him. They no longer cast the blame upon Mary, but upon themselves. Oh, if we could have taken back our criticism or our censuring, they're presenting the poor as more worthy of the gift than was Christ. Friends, just imagine, they said, you should have sold that perfume and get the money and give it to the poor. So they put the, the poor more worthy to receive the gift than that of Christ. They felt the reproof keenly as they took the form of Jesus, the bruised body of their Lord. The fragrant gift which Mary had thought to lavish upon the dead body of the Savior was poured upon his living form. And at the burial, its sweetness, if Mary would have given that to Jesus, it would have perfumed only the sepulcher. It would have perfumed only the tomb. But now it gladdened his heart with the assurance of her faith and love. It gladdened Jesus' heart. What Mary has poured out, it gladdened the heart of Jesus. And Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus offered not their gift of love to Jesus in his life. What they have offered was way, way, way more than what Mary has offered. With bitter tears, they brought their costly spices to his cold, unconscious form. And remember the women who brought the spices? When they went to the tomb, the tomb was empty. They were not able to give it to Jesus, but Mary, pouring out her love upon the Savior while he was conscious of her devotion, was anointing him for burial. And this is my most favorite line in this narrative for Mary. Listen, friends. And as he went down, and as Jesus went down into the darkness of his great trial, he carried with him the memory of that deed. Did you hear this? He carried with him the memory of that sacrifice, of that offering, of that gift that Mary gave him. Wow. An earnest or the fruit of the love that would be his from his redeemed ones forever. You know what, friends? That deed that Mary gave, Jesus was reminded, this is the reason why I came to die. Because people like Mary will give their all, and it's all going to be worth it. Friends, isn't that beautiful? It inspired the heart of Jesus. As it inspired the heart of Jesus then, it still inspires the heart of Jesus now to see his people give their all to him. Can you say amen? Okay, let us move on. It says here, in Signs of the Times, December 8, 1887, I love this, this thought here. By the way, friends, who among you here highlights when you read something in a book? 
How many highlighters do you have? Five? Three? Friends, my highlighter is this. It looks like a coloring book, isn't it? And you know what? This is one thing that I re- really blew my mind. God desires to highlight. God loves to highlight as well. Did you hear this? God highlights. Listen, God marks and remembers every act of liberality performed by his people. Did you hear this? God marks. He marks it out and remembers every act of liberality performed by his people. Can you say amen? Every time a heart is surrendered to him, every time a heart is given fully to him, a possession is given fully to him, highlight, underline, change the text, make it bold, enlarge it. This is our God, friends. Isn't this beautiful? Listen, friends, nothing would be thought too costly to give to Christ. No self-denial or self-sacrifice too great to be endured for his sake. And another beautiful line that says, nothing we possess is too precious to give to God. Nothing we possess, my dear friends, is too precious to give to God. And this is one thing that I, that I learned here. As I looked at the life of the disciples and those who were with Jesus when he died, the only one who had no regrets is the one who gave all. Did you hear this? The only one that does not experience regret is the one who gave all. Jesus showed us what a life that be. He gave up all for us. He surrendered all for us. And the only way to live a life without regrets, my dear friends, is to give all. We are living in the times, the closing times of earth's history. My dear friends, this is not the time to hold back. This is not the time to keep something for yourself. Whatever you keep for yourself, you will lose. But whatever you give to the Lord will last for eternity. John Wesley says, whatever is given to God is immediately touched with immortality. Isn't this beautiful? Whatever is given to God is immediately touched with immortality. What a beautiful thought, friends. If that is how we see things, if that is how we live, we could not wait to give everything. And we will get to the point to even cheerfully surrender what he asks us to surrender. Oh, friends, you know why the Lord is asking us to give all? Because we are facing a very difficult time ahead of us. And the only way to survive, my dear friends, if it's, it's, if it's the Holy Spirit, if it's God who takes over, with our lives, with our families, with our ministries, with our churches. I hope all of you would have, would have the chance to listen to Scott Myers, uh, Mayer's uh, workshop yesterday. It was very eye-opening. What is ahead of us, my dear friends? This is not a joke. And you know what? Something that, that inspires my heart? We are nearing home. Can you say amen? We really are nearing home. But before we go home, there'd be storms. There'd be deception. There'd be craziness that we could not even comprehend. But we could only overcome that in the name of Jesus, friends. Listen, they are to contend with supernatural forces, but they are assured of supernatural help. Wow, friends, no matter how, how dark what's, a, what's approaching us, 
we are assured of supernatural help. All the intelligences of heaven are in this army. And more than angels in the ranks, the Holy Spirit, the representative of the captain of the Lord's host, comes down to direct the battle. Whew. I don't know why aren't you excited as I am, friends. <laughs> this is so exciting, friends. It is you it is not you who's going to direct the battle. It is God himself. It is God himself. And with you, <laughs> with you, is all the intelligences of heaven. And when Satan comes in like a flood, Jesus puts his arm around you and with a face like this, not today. Mm-mm-mm, not today. And then all the heavenly angels, mm-hmm, not today. Friends, how are we looking at this end times right now? Sometimes we're looking at it with fear. You know why? Because we don't know the ammunitions, the ammunitions that God has given us. You don't know what God is willing to give because we are so focused on the storm and not on the one who desires to direct the battle with us. Friends, listen. Oh, our infirmities may be many. Our sins and mistakes grieve us. But the grace of God is for all who seek it with contrition. The power of omnipotence is enlisted in behalf of those who trust in God. Woo! Friends, how can we fear? How can we fear? This is one thing that I realize as well. Why should we fear when we look at what Jesus has sacrificed for us? When God, what God has given up for us, that alone, that alone, my dear friends, is an assurance that He will never leave you nor forsake you. That alone, just imagine yesterday we talked about the most essential and complete gift was given to us, and yet we do not make use of it. Or, that's the wrong term. We cannot make use of the Holy Spirit, and yet we do not submit to it, and yet we do not yield. And yet we do not surrender. That's why we do not experience power because we are somehow reluctant to submit to power. Friends, listen. This is what Jesus was willing to lose. Even before he took humanity upon him, he saw the whole length of the path he must travel in order to save that which was lost. Every pang that rent his heart, every insult that was heaped upon his head, every privation that, what, that he was called to endure, was open to his view before he laid aside his crown and royal robe and stepped down from the throne to clothe his divinity with humanity. The path from the manger to Calvary was all before his eyes. He knew the anguish that would come upon him. He knew it all. And yet he said, Lo, I come. Friends, just imagine that. He knew it all. And I believe he felt it all. And yet, he said, Lo, I come. Friends, even before he saw the result of this mission, his earthly life was so full of toil and self-sacrifice, was cheered by the prospect that he would not have all this travail for nothing. You know why? Because he saw the future. He saw you giving your all to him. He saw Mary pouring out that perfume on his feet 
He saw us in Michigan camp meeting that even if it rains, I don't care. Even if I get wet, as long as I get wet by the Spirit. Amen? He saw it all. And for that, he endured everything, friends. By giving his life for the life of men, he would win back the world to its loyalty to God. And I like this three, although. Although the baptism of blood must first be received, although the sins of the world were to weigh upon his innocent soul, although the shadow of unspeakable woe was upon him, yet for the joy that was set before him, he chose to endure the cross and despite the shame, despise the shame. For the joy that was set before him, he chose to endure the cross. Friends, you are that joy. You are that joy. You are that pearl of great price. And he will do it all over again, friends. You are the reason, you are the reason why he endured it all. And he will do it all over again just to win you. And friends, remember, when the disciples finally get it, when the disciples fully understood the mission of Christ, this is what happened. And this is where the Lord wants all of us to be in. Listen, as priests and rulers combined against them, and they were brought before councils and thrust into prison, the followers of Christ rejoiced. Did you hear this? <laughs> the followers of Christ, what? They did not murmur. They did not cry out. The reason why we are murmuring right now is because we have missed out. Like the disciples, we have not received the Holy Spirit. Our eyes are blocked by our earthly considerations. The Lord desires for you and for me to fully grasp what His mission for us is. Friends, our mission is not just to live in Michigan. It's not to stay here. This is just a layover. Check your tickets, friends. Check your tickets. If your final destination is here, change your travel agent. That's not the right destination, friends. It is just a layover here, even though the weather here is perfect. <laughs> heaven is better, amen? amen? Friends, heaven is better. And listen to this, friends. The followers of Christ rejoice that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. And they rejoice to prove before men and angels that they recognize the glory of Christ and chose to follow Him at the loss of all things. Wow. Friends, this is where the Lord wants you to be in. This is where the Lord desires for you and for me. That like Paul in Acts 20 verse 24, we could declare, none of these things move me. None of these things move me because a lot of things will move you, believe me. A lot of, this, a lot of the things around us will shake you. A lot of things that are coming will shake you to your core. But if we fix our eyes upon him, if we fully understand his missions, we could declare none of these things move me not with prideful declaration, but with submission and humility. You say, none of these things move me because I'm only moved by Him. Can you say amen, friends? Pandemic will not move you. Lockdown will not move you. Rejection will not move you. Bankruptcy could not move you. Even singleness could not move you. Even death will not be able to move you. 
Remember the disciples when they passed away. Remember the martyrs, friends, when they were burned at the stake. They were singing. They were singing. It's as if like they were going to their wedding. My dear friends, that is the state where Christ wants you to be in. If we could not smile right now when we are not yet facing trials and difficulties like they faced, how much more, how are we going to stand in the times when the biggest trials of our lives will hit us? My dear friends, let's be in his presence. Can you say amen? Amen. Lastly, friends, remember, Christ says, let not your heart be troubled. He would held nothing for your salvation, for my salvation. What are we still holding back from him? All provision was given. All the highest possible solution was provided. And what are you willing to give him? And God laid it all for you. Will you lay all for him? Will you give all for him? Friends, as we come before his presence this morning, let us gather together. Let us remember the sacrifice that he has given us. Come, I'd like to invite you. And for those of you who have difficulty kneeling down, just occupy the nearest seats. And for those of you who are at the back, come closer. If you could not kneel near here, just sit on on the nearby chair. You could even pull the chair so that you could be close. Yes, friends, this is our last time of coming together. Let us press together, amen? And let us praise God for the wonderful sacrifice, for the beautiful and amazing provision that He has given His church, that He has given us all. Can you say amen to that? And as, and as we, we draw closer to Him, Okay, uh, if there is a space in front of you, move a little bit closer because that will be the space of the person behind you. So, friends, let us open our hymn books, our digital hymn books, and let us sing this beautiful, beautiful song. One of my favorite songs, friends. Take my life and let it be. Hymn number 330, 330. Take my life and let it be. Let us sing. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of Thy love. At the of Let us sing verse 2. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me Father, before we could even lay our hearts on your throne, on, on the altar, 
Lord, we want to appreciate first your sacrifice, your gift for us. So Lord, I pray that you please teach us how to lift up our voice, how to praise you and acknowledge you for what you have done and what you are willing to do for, in, for, for us individually and for your church. Friends, I'd like to encourage for those, even though you are near here, you are near the circle, lift up your voice so that the people behind could hear and we could agree and we could all together say amen. And they will know as well if they will begin to pray. So friends, let us, let us begin this. I'd like to start this. Dear Father, we praise you and we thank you that you did not desire to hold back heaven's gift for the salvation of everyone here. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for the stampede of thanksgiving and praises that goes up to heaven right now, even though sometimes we, we overlap each other's prayer, but every prayer, every praises is heard in heaven. And Lord, as we go into our next section, may we continually remember your faithfulness to your church and to in every individual. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. Father, indeed, great is thy faithfulness. Lord, we praise you and we thank you that you are faithful to us, even though we are not consistently faithful to you. We have held back a lot of things, and yet, dear Lord, day after day, you do not hold back anything, especially for our good. So, friends, at this, at this time, let us group ourselves into groups of two or threes. Let us ask the Lord to forgive us for the things that we have held back from him. We may begin our prayer. Father, that is our desire, that our hearts will be your royal throne. Take our will, O Lord, and make it thine. And friends, in this last section of our prayer, let us ask God to help us give him what we cannot give. So the prayer format would be, Lord, please help me give you my blank, whatever it is. Lord, I'd like to begin this. Dear Lord, please help me. To give you my, all my plans. Amen. Take my life, my Lord, as I feed its treasures, Take myself and I will be 
Father, Lord, as you, as you take away all those things that we have surrendered, we ask, oh Lord, that you please fill us with your Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Lord, because we know that it is you who desire for us to be cleansed, for all those rubbish to be cleared out, so that we will have the pure and holy and filling of your Spirit in us. Lord, we praise you and we thank you that you desire to fill us more than we could ever think or imagine. Exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think is what you desire for your church to receive. So, Lord, please help us not to hold you back and help us, Lord, not to hold back anything from you. Amen. Father, we pray that this Sabbath will be the highest Sabbath yet. And help us, Lord, not to be satisfied of what we have received here in this camp meeting. And when we go home, dear Father, please help us to bring our families, to bring our friends, to continually seek for the infilling of your Spirit, to prepare ourselves for the latter rain. Well, we praise and we thank you that you are coming so soon. And we praise and we thank you, O Lord, that you did not leave us without help. You've given us the most essential, the most complete gift that you could give. Thank you, Lord, for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And again, dear Father, we'd like to, to remember that beautiful promise in Luke 11, verse 13. Even if we are evil, we could give good gifts to our children. How much more is our Heavenly Father would give us the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? So Lord, please help us never ever to fail of asking the Holy Spirit. May that be the center of our, of our asking. So Lord, I pray that may you prepare our hearts to receive you today. Prepare our hearts, O Lord, for the beautiful Sabbath that you're giving us. This, Lord, we ask and we pray. In the loving and precious name of your Son, Jesus, all your children say, Amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio 2021 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcast.